You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. I want to talk about temptation, and I want my words to be few because there are so many things that we could say about temptation. And then I want to give you a resource that will help you, either help yourself or help others, with things like temptation and other issues that are attached to it. I use many different resources. I've got like a computer Bible library through Logos Bible and Word Search Bible software that I've accumulated for the last 23 years I've been in ministry. So I have tons of resources. Just uh, have a ton of things and I could talk all day about avoiding temptation. But my fear is, is that you might miss it or my fear is, is that when it comes time for you to be tempted, you'll be like, uh, what did he say? Or that you'll be trying to help somebody and you won't have a resource. And it's tough to figure out what the good resources are because there are so many voices on the internet. There are so many things to choose from. And I have found over the years that this ministry, Hope for the Heart, I've mentioned this before, and then uh, June Hunt, she has a radio program and she writes all of these books and articles and things. And at the end of her research, she lists all these books and resources that she got it from, that the points are always uh, validated with Scripture, Uh, the truths are easy for you to share with others, to maybe teach, Uh, if you're having, like, if you're leading the Bible study at work, or uh, if you're having family devotions, or you're a homeschooler, or you're trying to teach your public school kid about certain topics, that you can find some great resources. So I'm going to hand one of these out to all of you, and then this is this was free off the internet uh, to download, but if you were to actually buy the booklet on temptation uh, that you can get like on Amazon and Google and other places, otherwise you can get it on those Bible software programs, um, you get like 10 or 15 pages worth of materials that talk about temptation. So I wanted to talk about the book of James and then about temptation and share this with you, and I hope that you'll keep it that you put it in a file or keep it somewhere or take a picture of it or something and then keep the website address because this one talks about temptation, but there's a ton of others, other things, other um, resources that you might need to help somebody find help with. Alcohol and drug abuse, uh, self-control, overeating, sexual integrity, spiritual warfare. There's a huge list of resources and often we need it to help ourselves. Often God uses Uh, how he's helped us to help others. And we need to all be ministering for Christ. So yeah, I'm the pastor of the church, but my job is to equip you. You're all supposed to be out ministering. So if I can give you a resource that can help change someone's life or help you to avoid temptation, then that would make my day and make this day all worthwhile. So in James, we're going through the book of James uh, from now until like the end of summer, but we're going to take a little break to uh, after Easter to talk about Jesus Christ is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. And I have a booklet actually to share with you for that too. That will be a great time. So I hope you'll keep coming to church through May uh, before the weather gets nice and everything. Actually, I hope you come every Sunday because I'm here and uh, we'd be lonely without you. But all right, James 1.12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The Greek word that is common for this blessing is describing the happiness of a carefree life. That was the common usage. 
the Greek word's common usage was described as the happiness of a carefree life. The Bible deepens the meaning of blessed to include a deep joy that comes from receiving God's favor. And as athletes that are in training, as athletes that persevere to win the prize, they endure all the discipline, the hardships, so they can get bigger, faster, stronger, whatever their, whatever their sport is, they want to they get better and they, they suffer through it. Uh, as they do, there is great reward. And as we endure God's testing, and often Satan's tempting, God doesn't tempt us, uh, but he does allow us to go through those sometimes because it proves our faith is genuine, because it helps us to grow stronger in our faith. It proves that uh, our faith in the Lord is real. But God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. So James is using this crown of life like uh, when in those days, when this was written, uh, if you won the sporting events, you'd get a wreath. And the wreath was perishable, but it uh, signified a sense of honor, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of award. And here, this verse, it says that this testing and temptation doesn't go on forever. It comes to an end. And afterward, they'll receive the crown of life that God will recognize them, that God will reward them, that God will help. I mean, we have faith in Christ and joy in the Lord, and we can endure under pressure. Uh, it helps us in our prayer life. How many times have you had a struggle where you've either been tested or tempted and you've prayed through it and seen how God has provided? How many times have you been tempted and you fell into that temptation and asked the Lord to forgive you, swore you'd never do it again, then you did it again, but eventually you don't do it anymore because you realize that it was disappointing, the temptation led to uh, a hollow lie, the temptation led to um, disappointment in yourself, the fact that you knew God was disappointed with you. So you ask for forgiveness of that, but now in this stage of your life, you have victory over that temptation. That's not something that you fall into anymore, and you see how God has worked through that and how you're a better person for it. Now you understand why certain temptations are designed to make you fall, to push you away from God, and Satan wants to use those temptations to make it so that you don't keep pursuing God, to make you give up. But Romans 8.1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He's forgiven our sins of the past, the sins that we commit now, and the sins of the future. But we should still walk daily confessing those sins, confessing when we fall into temptation, confessing when we fall short and don't do what's right, and know that we can keep boldly coming into the presence of the Lord through prayer, even when we've messed up, even when we've sinned, so that we don't feel like we should give up or that God is going to give up on us, that we don't feel that we should just quit because we can never measure up. So the more that we are faithful in enduring God's testing, the more that we are faithful in fleeing from temptation, the deeper our spiritual life, the greater our faith, and the more able we are to help others as we grow stronger in the Lord. James 1.13 says, Remember when you are being tempted... Don't say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So there's this idea that we might just give up and say, well, you know, there was that temptation, and God, God put it there, so it's not my fault that I fell, that I tripped, that I fell into that, because, you know, God could have stopped it. So 
But we can't say, you know, God is the one tempting. God may allow it, but God is not tempting us. God is not the one. To, his goal is not to trip you up and make you fall. His goal is not to make, it, make your life difficult. Um, his goal is to help you continue to grow in the Christian life. His goal is to continue to help you become more like Christ. There's a bunch of articles right now about oh, helicopter parents and uh, I don't know, there's all these different names for the different types of parents now that don't allow their children to experience any life on their own because they're always trying to fix it. They're always trying to go and uh, you know, make their choices for them and help them. And I think it was Jim Burns in his new book on adult parenting was pointing out that it's not right for parents of adult children to call that adult child's boss at work to try to work out some kind of conflict that's going on. Because I guess this is a real thing that happens, which is kind of awkward, but I guess I could see me doing it, you know, to try to help a kid keep a job or something like that. But God has a plan for your life, and it's a wonderful plan. And as you walk in the Word, as you follow His ways, as you say no to temptations and do well in the tests and trials, your faith will grow you will have more confidence in your faith. You will be stronger and you will be, uh, you'll experience more joy. And so maybe the same is true when it comes to this season, this spring season of exercise. So maybe the weather got nice and you're like, hey, I should start exercising again. So you've, you know, done a few things over the winter, but you know, hey, you're trapped in, in the blizzard. You, you can't go out. You don't get very far. So you decided to go for a run or a walk or a bike ride or I don't know what you did. Maybe walk up a hill. And because it's the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, it's just so hard. And then, you know, as the time continues on, you'll get stronger. And then, you know, by the end of summer, you'll be like, oh, walk up a mountain? No big deal. I can handle that because I do that all the time. And the same is true in your Christian life. As you continue to grow in Christ, you can face difficulties. You can face struggles. And you can look at it and say, hey, is this a test? This is awesome because I'm going to pass this test. I see what's going on here. I see there's a temptation right there. I'm not even going to mess with it. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm choosing to follow God and do right. And then I'm going to experience the joy from that. I'm going to experience the victory. There's not going to be any regret. I'm not going to be any tears shed. And I totally see what's going on here. And I'm not falling for it because I've had this experience. I've got God's Word in my heart. The Holy Spirit's telling me, hey, don't go over there because that's a trap. And so then verse 14 says, temptation comes from our own desires. So uh, in the book of James, you'll find uh, later on and towards the back of the book of James that, you know, Satan wants to trip us up, that Satan wants to destroy us. So Satan can tempt us, but often we have temptation that come from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. So often we have a little desire. We see something that we want, or we see something that someone else has, or we see that they have a position, or they have a degree, or they have uh, or a skill, or they have something. And we think, if I had that, then my life would be complete. If I look like that, then my life would be so much better. And so... Sometimes our own desires drag us away from God because of the time that we spend pursuing this thing or uh, the desires that we try to get, which sometimes are sinful, sometimes are not, but these temptations drag us away. So the Greek word entice is like uh, bait, like a fishing hook, baiting a fish. 
you put the bait on and the fish, you know, is like, oh, look at that, free lunch. It's just like, I don't know what it's doing, but it's, it's there. I think I'll eat it. And the next thing you know, he's like, whoa, I'm being pulled towards the surface. And it's like, whoa, who are these people? And it's like, whoa, what are you doing with that knife? And it's like, oh, I think I'm being filleted. And uh, you don't want that. You don't want to be uh, struggling as you're caught up in temptation. But temptation from our own evil desires. Sometimes uh, even the desires themselves aren't bad. You know, some of us could use more time on our appearance. Some of us take way too much time on our appearance. Some people want to be strong and fit to be strong and fit. Some people want to be strong and fit to earn someone's approval, to have people say good things about them. You're pretty, you're handsome, you're strong, whatever. And so some people will pursue that and they'll spend so much money at it and they'll spend so much time. Sorry, God, don't have any time for you. I got to pursue this. And it's true with the possessions that we buy. Sometimes we'll, I mean, if you need transportation, you need transportation, but sometimes we'll finance certain forms of transportation that put us deeply in debt that is way more than we need so that we can impress others. And we spend all this time trying to impress others. Uh, Temptations come from our own desires, and they can often be evil desires. Sometimes we want to be with the person. Sometimes uh, we think that, you know, oh, well, we could just uh, secretly go off. I'm going to try to talk in euphemisms because of the kids. We can secretly go off and do this or think that, and nobody will know. It's like a secret thing. Oh, it would be so exciting. And then we're led away, but it is a trap. You can actually look in the book of Proverbs, in the beginning of Proverbs, like around Proverbs uh, 5 or so, and see how temptation can destroy as you're led off uh, into sin. But anyway, James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give us birth, chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we out of all creation became his prized possession. So can I get a couple of the young volunteers to come up and pass these out? Anybody want to come up here? Somebody with lots of energy. So hopefully there's enough for all of you. So yeah, so hand those out to everybody. That'd be good. And hopefully there's enough. All right, James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possession. So when God has things for us, they are good. God is not going to give us evil things. God is not going to give us things to destroy our life, but to make us better. God who created the sun and the moon and the stars, the sun that shines down upon us uh, and makes our life livable, uh, that Heavenly Father is the one who cares for us. Uh, He doesn't get hidden behind clouds. He's reliable. And He chose to send Jesus to be the Word in the flesh, to die for our sin, uh, to rise again, and to live in a personal relationship with us. And we out of all creation became His prized possession. God cares about us so much. God cares about us in every way. And He doesn't want us to fall into temptation. He doesn't want our lives to be destroyed. But just like the opportunity to receive Him or reject Him, He gives us the opportunity to choose how we're going to live our life and what we're going to do. So if 
we're being tempted to do something, sometimes he might try to get us on the right path, but he's not going to stand in our way all the time. He's not going to stop us. Um, However, my own personal experience was when I was young, I went to the strict Bible college for a bit. When I came out, I rebelled against God. And I was ready to do anything that I was told not to do. So uh, party, drugs, drinking, fill in the blank, whatever, if it was there to happen. It's like, hey, let's try that. And it was a disappointing time when I look back on it. But there were certain things that I was willing to do that just didn't work out. And I'm so glad they didn't. I had plans to do all sorts of self-destructive things with people. And it's amazing how bad friends can suddenly appear in your life when you're ready to like, give into temptation. So many of the things didn't work out, and I'm so glad they didn't. But if you're going to continue to push towards sin and temptation, then um, God's not going to stop you. But all right, Ephesians 4.11 says that pastors, teachers, are to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So on the back of the handout that you've received, uh, the last page, page whatever it is. Oh, I have another. Did everybody get one? All right. So in the back, it's got the website. It says Hope for the Heart. Uh, it says that uh, www.hopefortheheart.org or you can call 1-800-488-HOPE and you can get all these different resources. So please do. All right, let's look at this one. Again, temptation, I posted this on the church Instagram thing. Again, we're trying to step up our social networking. You've actually, some of the people in the church have actually asked us to help, uh, help them to have stuff to share. But temptation, it is better to shun the bait than to struggle on the hook. So, all right, some twisted truths about temptations that are in your pamphlet here. Uh, number one, temptation is sinful. The truth is temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted in every way, yet he did not sin and it references Hebrews 4.15. Uh, truth number two, God is tempting me. The truth is, temptation is not from God, but it is allowed by God, and it references James 1.13. Number three, the devil made me do it. Truth, temptation is Satan's attempt to lure you into, lure you into sin, but he can be resisted. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you in James 4.7. Number four, somebody else made me do it. The truth is, No one can make you kill, steal, lie, cheat, or commit any immoral act. You have a choice as to whether you give in to temptation or not. And it references Proverbs 1.10. Twisted truth number five. She is so saintly. She is above temptation. The truth is everyone is tempted, just in different areas. In fact, the mature Christian is often subject to greater temptation. And it references 1 Corinthians 10.12. Number six. A thought can't be sinful. Truth. An initial pure thought is not sinful, though it is a temptation. However, continuing with an unholy thought can make you captive to sin. And it references Acts 8, 22 to 23. Twisted truth number seven. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Truth. Temptation is not overcome by your own willpower. Temptation is defeated by admitting your weaknesses and yielding to Christ's power within you. And it references 2 Corinthians 12, 9. That's actually why it's a good reason for you to connect with a friend where you can call them or connect with them when you're being tempted in certain ways and talk about it in confidence and uh, have someone to call and um, be accountable to someone, that would be great. Number eight, God is angry with me when I'm tempted. Truth, God does not disapprove of you because you are tempted. You can use the temptation as a tool to develop your character. James 1, 2 through 4 as the reference. So it is not a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin 
to give in to temptation. Number nine, what's the use? I've already blown it. Truth, failure is overcome by a change of focus, putting the past behind you and focusing on God's goal for you, which is Christ-likeness. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 is a reference there. And you got to be careful of this one because if you're in sin, in in an immoral relationship, if you've done things, lied, stolen, cheated, and you think to yourself, well, you know, I'm already doing it, I already did it, so might as well just keep doing it. Stop. Honor God. Change your ways now. Don't think you've already blown it. I mean, I've actually done this before with eating where it's like I'm trying to eat right, trying to count my calories, and then my wonderful adult son will bring home pizza and ice cream. And of course, because I love him, I eat it, and then I don't know what I ate, so I just proclaim calorie bankruptcy for the day. And then I continue to eat whatever I can find because, hey, I've already blown it. And then the next day, it's like, wow, I didn't know you could gain four pounds in a day. Who knew? Number 10, it's beyond my ability to control. Truth, temptation may be beyond your control, but it is not beyond God's control. Proverbs 3, 26. All right, so facing temptation, you need to realize that temptation is experienced by everyone, Christian, non-Christian. Temptation is occurs often in an area where you have been previously ensnared. Temptation begins in your mind, and temptation takes advantage of your attraction and fears. So for some of you, you might be tempted with lust. Others might not have a problem with that at all, but you might be tempted uh, with pride. You might be tempted with riches or trying to hoard money. You might be tempted uh, in so many different ways. Uh, Satan, who is a good judge of people's character, is able to figure out what your button is, and at just the right time, he can bring an opportunity into your life to try to trip you up, to make you fall. Temptation appears to meet a legitimate need, but does so illegitimately in the wrong way or at the wrong time. Falling into temptation. Temptation strikes when your heart is off guard. Temptation is entered into by allowing your imagination to dwell on the tempting thoughts. Temptation uses rationalization to numb your conscience. Temptation becomes relentless and urgent. Temptation provides highly unusual opportunities to enter into sin. So a lot of times when you fall into temptation, you're you're mad at somebody. You're in the relationship and you're angry with them or you feel lonely or something happens. So you now have this opportunity and you're like, hey, I'm going to go for it. It seems fun and exciting and it's got to be better than doing this. Or uh, you're stressed or you're tired or if you look at like recovering alcoholic stuff, like 12 steps, you can see all this. But uh, temptation often comes when your guard is down. Temptation often comes when you least expect it. Uh, so you need to flee temptation and avoid those opportunities to fall into, into that temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure That is a promise. So when you are being tempted, you do not have to sit there and say, well, I guess I've got no choice. Here it goes. Because this verse says that God is faithful. So if you're a Christian and you're in Christ, there's no way that you have to give in to that temptation. There's no way that you have to allow yourself to do that. Instead, you should know there's a way out. That you can flee. That you can stop. That you can quit. That you can, can, yeah, run away. But maybe you're going to say no to the temptation and you're going to lose a friend. Or maybe you're going to lose a job because you didn't do uh, the tempting thing that they wanted you to do. 
And they were going to pay you more money for it too. But it was dishonest. And if you look down the, the path of history, you're like, wow, I would be looking over my shoulder all the time wondering if they're coming for me if I gave into that temptation. Romans chapter 6 talks a lot about uh, how we should live our life in Christ. And you can uh, look that up in your, uh, in your Bibles later. But it also lists uh, the formula for self-control, a new purpose, a new priority, a new plan is a transformed life. So one, choose to reflect on the character of Christ, Romans 8.29. Choose to exchange your old habit for a new habit, Romans 12.2. Choose to rely on Christ's strength, not your own strength, Philippians 4.13. And choose to appropriate God's gift of self-control, 1 Peter 1.13. And resist temptation. So uh, it lists recognizing the source Ephesians 6.12, expect to win the war, Romans 8.37, and search your heart. So you see here it's starting to say resist. That's what I like about the counseling manuals is there's lots of these. So lots of these acrostics. Recognize the source, expect to win the war, search your heart. You know, a lot of times your heart's not right with God when you're about to fall into temptation. A lot of times you're not in a good place. A lot of times you're spiritually starving because you're not spending any time in God's Word. So resist temptation. I, imagine the consequences. Imagine the consequences if you give into this temptation. What's going to happen to your relationships? What are your kids or your co-workers or your peers going to think about you if you fall into that temptation? Or even if they don't find out, you might think they found out and you'll always be carrying that around if you give in to the temptation. Sense God's presence. God sees, God knows nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Hebrews 4.13 If no other reason, don't give in to the temptation because God sees, God knows, and you want to please Him. Sense God's presence and transform your thoughts with truth. Spend time in God's Word. 2 Corinthians 10.4 The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So uh, you can read that first. Second, well, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you could capture your thoughts, if you could could hear a thought in your mind, a temptation, and then reject that, especially if you had a verse to go with it, if you were to buy this whole temptation reference thing, there's like a list of all these different negative thoughts that you could have, and then a Bible verse to go with it. But transform your thoughts with truth. Many times you'll reject stuff based on God's Word in you, on what you know of God's Word. The Holy Spirit will often help with that. But take captive those thoughts and say, no, that is not a good thought. No, I don't want to think that. I don't want to think that about that person. I don't want to think that about myself. God has created me to know Him. He's going to provide for me. I don't need to hoard that. My self-esteem is not based upon me having that possession or having that position or these things. Um, I can humbly accept what God has provided for me. If God provides something better for somebody else, there must be a reason, but I can be uh, content. I can be content. Godliness godliness and contentment is great gain. Something like that. Come to me as soon as I'm done here. All right, Psalm 119 talks about putting God's Word in your heart. And uh, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your Word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So again, you've got a resource, and if you're listening to this, you can look up these verses and uh, get this counseling resource. But I just want to close with 
this one story about how fighter pilots are, are trained. Involuntary actions are trained like a fighter pilot. Can we be guilty for sinful responses that seem to erupt in us automatically? Can we really consider sin voluntary if it is not consciously chosen? Consider the following illustration of how unintentional sin works. Trained instincts. That's how fighter pilots can react immediately to rapidly changing situations as they operate $27 million war machines. When a threat aircraft is closing in, there's no time for pilots to reason through what to do. They have to rely on instinct, but not just natural instinct. They need instincts shaped deep within them through years of regiment. The countless little decisions they make in the cockpit are automatic, but that doesn't mean they're involuntary. The pilot voluntarily trained for them, and in the cockpit, he reaps the instinctive benefits of that training. Like the fighter pilot's hours of training, our hearts are under a regimen of beliefs and values that don't align with Scripture, drilled into us through what we put in our heads, what we receive as wisdom from other sources, what we accept as normal from culture. All of these shape our unintentional sin. So you may have to fight some battles more than once to win. Whatever settings make you fall, avoid them. Temptation usually comes in through a door that has deliberately been left open. Whatever props help support your temptation, get rid of them. Whatever people that encourage your temptation, drop them. Someone had said, temptations are like bums. Treat one nice and he will return with many of his friends. And to master temptation, let Christ master you. Lord, I could talk a lot about Temptation, Jesus was tempted. David was tempted. He gave in to that temptation. Adam and Eve were tempted, and that didn't work out so good either. But Lord, we pray that you would help us to be victorious over the temptations that are coming. Lord, every one of us are going to be tempted in many different ways. Sometimes we can be tempted not to trust you. Sometimes we can be tempted to be intolerant and angry. Sometimes we can be tempted to do other things and not spend time with you. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to put you first, that we would see ourselves as your ministers, that we would see that we are to serve you and to help other people grow in their faith, to disciple them and to help them to grow. And we pray that you would give us more and more resources that are ready to accomplish your purposes and to share with others. We thank you for Hope for the Heart and the June Hunt Counseling Resources. And we pray that the people here will latch on to those and it will help change many people's lives. And we just pray that you'd bless us if there's anybody here that's never received you as our Lord and Savior, Lord, we pray that they would look into the New Believers Bible on the back table or talk to us about that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church, 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us Find more messages to listen to and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.